Episode number nine, officially. Hope you guys had a good week. I had a decent week. Nothing too eventful. Um, but a lot has been happening in the world. So, normally when I do these podcasts, I usually have like a main subject of the day that I talk about for a while. And as of the last episode, I jump into this segment called Read and React, where I go through current events. Because of events that occurred this week, I'm kind of reformatting that for this episode. Um, I'm going to do more read and react first, and then I'm going to jump into the main topic of the day. Um, By the time this episode is launched, the World Cup will be underway. So I thought it'd be cool to talk a little bit about the economy of the World Cup, but also what's happening right now in the streetwear world where Nigeria is killing it right now in the streetwear game with their jerseys. But before I get into all that, I want to start the show by touching up on the uh, unfortunate news this week um, with Anthony Bourdain passing away. I mean, he had a huge impact on you know, thousands if not millions of people, myself definitely included. I mean, I remember Anthony Bourdain before I even knew who he was. Like, I remember way, 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 way back in the day before he had no reservations. He might have had that show, A Cook's Tour, that might have been on TV, but I, I wasn't watching it yet. I was probably maybe like 13 years old, 14 years old at the time, but Kitchen Confidential came out. It was already a pretty big book, and I remember my dad talking about it, and my dad was really interested in it, um, and he got the audiobook, so I remember listening to the Kitchen Confidential audiobook when I would drive out with my family from New Jersey to Long Island um, to see family and it was weird. It was like the first, I guess, adult quote-unquote audiobook that really got my attention. Just the way it was written and just how like candid and real it was. Because I didn't really care about the food industry or anything like that. Culinary school, nothing, nothing like that was remotely interesting to me at the time. At the time, I was into like, you know, guitars, skateboarding, stuff like that. Um, the whole idea of being a foodie was not even a concept to me at that time, but just the way he, he described his experiences and just how like raw they were, how self-deprecating he was, but, and how well he kind of just weaved a narrative of like, this is my life. I'm not special, but 
along the way I've learned this, this, and this. Maybe you should, you know, know this next time you go into a restaurant. I just thought it was really cool. And uh, I didn't even make the connection that who I was watching on TV years later was the same guy narrating this audiobook I was listening to in the car going to my grandma's house like 10 years before or maybe like eight years before until I was already a fan of Anthony Bourdain. And then one day I remember just making that connection and being like, whoa. But anyway, the way he was able to just kind of explain culture through the vehicle of food was just second to none. Guy was an amazing writer too. I wish I could write like him and speak like him. But what he did for me was I realized I looked at I was in technology, I'm working, I'm still working in the tech industry to this day. And with me, I always kind of think of things on like what are we really doing here? How is it affecting people? And how does what we do impact communities? or cultures, subcultures, etc. And then how does one culture kind of work off of another one to evolve the entire sector or the entire movement forward? And just the patterns that start to formulate through this process happening. Um, And I felt like he captured that on a level that was very inclusive, very easy to grasp, and he always kind of shown everything, even if it was negative, in a positive light. Like, his thing was looking in the darkest places for positivity and then exposing them to the world. You know, he made places like Cambodia and Vietnam interesting vacation destinations. And I wish I was this cultural savant and could say like oh I always wanted to go to Vietnam before seeing his show on cable but it's not true you know, I didn't really have any desire to go to those places I wasn't exposed to them I was totally naive to that entire region of the world and his shows like many others made me really fascinated by those places and interesting to go and interested to go to those places so I think out of any real celebrities ever, I mean ever, in like the history of the world, like you could seriously make the argument that he might be one of the most important celebrities of all time, or at least on that level of like an Oprah or something, because of what he did. You know, he brought, in a way, the world... Maybe not closer together. That just feels a little corny for me to say. Very Hallmark card. But he made clusters of people around the world less naive to each other. Or at the very least, he made people in the U.S. and North America less naive to people in other places that weren't marketed to them as destinations growing up as places you should go. Um, That, to me, while it doesn't sound like the most profound thing of all time, it's super important. We all live in bubbles, and part of what I like to talk about in this podcast is how people in certain cultures can really just get in the weeds of their day-to-day 
and he was one of these dudes that chopped those weeds away. And there's not a lot of people like that that are celebrities in the mainstream. On top of the fact, they just seemed like a cool dude to hang out with. I mean, he had his demons, of course, and um, and it's super unfortunate that it had to end the way it did. But at least how he interacted with people externally, you know, he seemed like a really interesting, just down-to-earth guy. Um, I've met people that have hung out with him and people on TV say the same thing candidly that, you know, he was not, what you saw with him was what you get. There was no TV persona, real life persona. You know, he was who he was and that's really rare. And I think part of it has to do with entering TV stardom at a more mature age. You know, he got his first TV show, I think when he was 44 and that plays a huge part you know, there was no, like, child star syndrome with him. Um, I think there's something to becoming famous when you're older and more mature. You know, the, you're not going to have this Hollywood bullshit thing to you that I see. I know a lot of actors, and I see these young actors, and, like, I see them at parties with lots of people, and then I see them one-on-one or in a small group setting, and they, they act totally different. And he's not like that because he's not an actor. He was never sucked into the Hollywood machine. Um, you know, he always lived in New York. And he was just a real dude, man. He was just a real guy who made a huge impact to the world, to culture. He basically birthed, I think, food culture the way it is now. I mean, there's still the hardcore foodies out there that, you know, some years who were restaurant general managers and... Those people would have existed with or without Anthony Bourdain, but this, I guess, casual foodie who loves traveling and trying out new things, that didn't exist before No Reservations. At least I didn't see it. I mean, people like to travel and eat foods, but a culture of it where you had you know publications like, like uh, Thrillist and sites like that giving you like the best you know, bon me sandwiches and whatever X city. Like that didn't really exist until Anthony Bourdain's show got popular. Like he really, really fueled a culture and a culture that is extremely positive, you know, as a whole. There's not a lot of negatives to the idea of opening your mind and trying new things, which is at the end of the day what he was trying to show you in his shows. So I don't want to harp on it too long, but it's super sad. He made a huge impact on me. He's one of the core influences that made me want to try podcasting in the first place. Because with me, you know, I wanted to podcast about technology because I find it super interesting. But it's not so much the granular elements of the technology. It's how it affects people at the end of the day. Because to me... Technology for technology's sake isn't interesting. Um, it's it's or it's mildly interesting. Like it's cool to see that that stuff's possible, but to me, it's how it helps people or creates a culture that evolves into some new thing and just pushes the envelope. And he did that with food. Um, so I didn't want to like post an Instagram post or anything like that. I'm seeing some gross shit on Instagram with this, like. I'm seeing people posting pictures of him and writing captions and tribute, but then, like, 
they're spamming all these hashtags afterwards. And there's nothing wrong, in my opinion, with the spamming hashtags, especially if you're trying to grow a brand. Like, I do it. I do it on the NRS show Instagram. On every post, I spam hashtags. Uh, I do research on those hashtags. It's not just, like, random whatever. It's just I, I do research. I figure out which ones work um, for growing this show the most and I post them as a separate comment I try to truncate them so you don't see them um but with me I would never do that for something like this like a celebrity death I just find that super gross and unappealing and I was I was actually thinking you know right when it hit uh the news and I was thinking like because of how much of an impact he had on me should I post should I not post? But I looked at some other people's posts and like basically my line of thinking was I probably post something if I met him in real life and like had, took a picture with him. But I never did that. I never had any real connection with him. So I just did a story. I posted a story. But that's it. I didn't want to go too crazy and post something to look like to anybody even if it's just one person if it looks like I'm trying to like leverage a celebrity death and somehow that'd be totally gross and I'd be totally against that so that's why I didn't want to post I didn't want to because it's not me you know Sean my personal Instagram where if you post something about a celebrity it's just like my personal thoughts on it um because it's a channel for a a brand I guess to me, when a brand does stuff like that, it just, it just there's something about it that looks different and looks like you're trying to use this to propel your brand. Um, so I strayed away from that, even though I've seen a lot of other people do something along those lines. But anyway, I'm just going to end it there. Um, rest in peace, Anthony Bourdain. Guy built a hell of a legacy for himself. Um, and I just feel so bad for... His kid especially, his 11-year-old, it's terrible, but uh, and his family. But anyway, rest in peace. Okay, moving onward. Normally, I'm calling this segment Read and React, and I'll run down three current event stories, but I wanted to just dedicate all the time to that one and not call it Read and React and make it a showy segment or anything like that. So that was Read and React for today. Um, but jumping into the main topic of the day, it's the World Cup. It's the World Cup every four years, and there's no U.S. U.S. shit the bed, lost to Trinidad, didn't qualify. Hopefully, this lights a fire under their asses to actually try to form a team identity for once and get rid of the older players who have disappointed time and time again, but I digress. Um, the World Cup is interesting because it's it's culture and in certain ways technically uh, technology. Jesus, technically technology uh, on some level. And it is probably, in my opinion, the biggest world event there is. I mean, you can say the Olympics maybe, but I don't know. There's something about the World Cup... I think because of soccer's popularity, 
it just like lights a fire under people more than the Olympics do. I don't really know why. I think it might be there's just too many sports in the Olympics and a lot of them people just don't give a shit about compared to soccer, which is the biggest sport in the world, or football, futebol, um, as they say in Brazil. I just think because it's hyper-focused on one sport that is the world sport, there's just a lot more interest and a lot more hoopla. So to give you a quick rundown on just how big of a spectacle it is, I'm going to Go into some stats of the last World Cup. The last World Cup was 2014 in Brazil. So let's see here. According to smartinvestor.barclays.co.uk, this is Barclays, the bank. The World Cup attracted 3.2 billion viewers with over a billion watching the final alone. So a billion people watched the World Cup final last year where it was Germany. Germany won. I forget who they played. Who did they play? I can't remember. Jesus. Anyway, so 3.2 billion viewers watched the World Cup. That is insane. That is half of the entire world, I think. Um, it generated $4.8 billion in revenue for FIFA and turned a $2.6 billion profit because FIFA spent $2.2 billion dollars on it so you get 2.6 billion dollar profit um fifa made 2.4 billion in tv rights fees 1.6 billion in sponsorships and 527 million in ticket sales that is craziness so when you have an event that big where all the countries are kind of coming together there's going to usually be Something on the underground that has to do with technology or fashion or music, etc., that kind of bubbles up. It happens every year, or every four years, I should say. And this year, it seems like the, I guess, cultural darling going into the World Cup is Nigeria. Because Nigeria had. I mean, the market has said it at this point, like the sickest uniforms ever. Um, their jerseys came out about three months ago. They're Nike designed. They were orig uh, not originally, but they used to be on Adidas, and then they switched to Nike, and Nike gave them the fire because they are sick. Um, if you haven't seen them, I'd recommend just Googling Nigeria World Cup jerseys. They are green with white sleeves, and then they have these white patterns on the green that look almost like V's everywhere, and then they're black V's on the on the white sleeves. Um, but they look very 90s, like early 90s, kind of New Jack swing almost. Um, it has that early 90s feel, but, like, better designed. Like, whenever I see really good 90s throwback designs now, basically what it is is they took the 90s aesthetic and then they kind of patched it up, made it more refined, made the lines cleaner, things like that. Um, but either way, it's a really nice jersey, and the demand has been insane. 
uh, UK rapper Skepta. I don't know if you know who Skepta is. It's pretty big. He's on the he's on uh, what's it called? ASAP Rocky's new album. He's I think he's in the single the single and he produces too. He's a rapper and a producer. Came out of the grime scene. You know he's one of the bigger rappers out of the UK maybe ever, and uh, he's been rocking it. And then the hype beast train began. You know like when you start seeing these things and you start seeing some design that's kind of eye catching kind of feeds the beast and builds up and builds up and builds up and now there's resells for this kit online for at least three times what it costs all these most soccer jerseys if you just buy them from nike or wherever they're usually like 90 dollars per kit and i've seen these things sell for like 300 dollars they're Nike no longer is releasing them. Um, they had a release and that was it. And now you have to buy them on resale, and the demand is insanely high. It's kind of crazy because like this all happened. I guess it happened over the course of three months. But I usually keep my eyes on these kinds of things, and like just in the past week, I've seen articles everywhere about this stuff. Uh, GQ had one. Hype Beast had one. High Snipesnidey, I think, had two. CNN has one. Daily Mail. BBC. Like, every news media publication has made an article about these freaking jerseys. And it's Nigerian jerseys. Like, usually in the World Cup, Nigeria doesn't even have the coolest jerseys. Um, Historically, at least in recent history, uh, Ivory Coast usually have the coolest jerseys out of Africa. But, yeah, these Nigerian jerseys are fire. And and what's interesting about this is this is the most hyped jersey I can ever, soccer jersey, I can ever remember. Um, I remember at one point, Drake, I think, was rocking a pink Juventus jersey. Looked terrible on him, by the way. I'm just saying. But he was rocking a pink Juventus jersey, and it actually spiked Juventus's jersey sales. But this is a whole nother level of that. And there wasn't one celebrity kind of pushing it forward. It was kind of a naturally evolving thing. Like, I was saying Skepta was wearing it, but he could have not worn it, and it wouldn't have mattered. He, like, the amount of hype he provided is minimal compared to the overall amount of hype there is. But what's crazy and very kind of unsettling is the fact that kids in Nigeria can't even afford these jerseys and it's their jerseys like there's an article on CNN that's up now talks about it um the CNN jersey the headline is Nigeria World Cup kit sells out in minutes as fakes flood Lagos markets so yeah in Nigeria it's all black market bootlegs because people in Nigeria aren't able to afford the real ones, particularly at resale prices. So they have to buy the replicas of their own shit, which is a little screwed up to me. I think Nike should do a release or something at discount price only in Nigeria. Just just as charity, if anything, due to the fact that their jerseys created such crazy demand and made Nike so much money. Like, do the right thing. I don't know. To me, it's totally nuts that kids in Nigeria 
are buying twenty to forty dollar, you know, replica versions. Um, when it's their aesthetic, it's their style. I mean, even Darren Farron, who is football design director at Nike, um, I'm reading an article from Citizen TV. He talks about, he's like, with Nigeria, we want to tap into the attitude of the nation. We built this kit and collection based on the players' Nigeria identities. Nigeria is just what, it's kind of the, the identity that Nigerians refer to themselves as. The design director at Nike admits that they really want to tap into Nigerian culture and design something that's really reflective of that culture, of that Nigeria culture. And they did it, man. They hit a fucking home run. But it's just, to me, a little crazy that the people that they're using as design inspiration can't even afford the jersey and are buying shitty non-Nike ripoffs. Crazy how this world works. Um, But not all that surprising at the end of the day. Anyway, but I'm wondering if this is going to create a trend in the U.S., um, with soccer jerseys, because I'm seeing it bubble up more and more and more and more. I mean, in like hip hop culture, for example, kids have been you know always wearing soccer jerseys in, in England. Um, you know, streetwear kids. That's always been the aesthetic over there. But I remember, you know, when I was in high school, no one was wearing soccer jerseys. Like nobody. That was not. I did as a kid, because my dad on business trips would buy them for me. But I wasn't doing it and getting, like, tons of compliments. I'd get them here and there from adults, but that was about it. Um, But I'm seeing more and more kids these days rocking club soccer jerseys, like Premier League jerseys, La Liga jerseys. And I'm just wondering, with this Nigeria thing, with their jersey just exploding, which it has, you know, is this kind of a new era where soccer jerseys are going to become like the hot jersey when it comes to you know hip-hop culture streetwear culture and then what i'm wondering on top of that is will that make soccer more appealing because damn it the u.s should have a top 10 soccer team all the time period no questions asked it is ridiculous to me that u.s is always hovering from like around 25 to 35 in the fifa rankings and just shit the bed whenever they play anyone good, and they have the best athletes in the world. If you watch D1 football, and you see some of these athletes, it's like, can we just get like 25% of these kids to play soccer instead? Because we would have such a better team. I know it's about chemistry, I know it's about picking a style and building that style and that synergy amongst the players and and on the youth level, and then eventually on the national team. Like, I I get it. I get all of that, but But we should have way better athletes than what the United States puts on the field. And I'm wondering, I mean, you can make, basically you got to make soccer appealing to kids that play other sports right now, like basketball and football. That's what you got to do. But it's how do you do that? And I'm not seeing U.S. soccer invest any resources in doing that. So what I'm wondering is, I have this hunch that football is gonna, is on the decline. It's not really a hunch. It's validated. NFL ratings were going down last year. But all sports ratings were going down last year. So I'm not sure if it's just an NFL thing. But there is a lot of negative press with this head trauma stuff coming out and CTE injuries, things like that. 
And I'm wondering if there's going to be a generational shift and a cultural shift in the United States where soccer finally breaks through that barrier and becomes a more popular sport. It's the most played sport on the youth level. But what happens is, because my town was a soccer town and I saw kids literally do this, is they play soccer for a while. And then once they start getting into like hip-hop and they start getting into listening to music and shit like that, they always think of soccer as kind of lame. So they switch to playing other sports. Because in American hip-hop culture, soccer is not what's cool at all. Or at least historically it's not. But I'm wondering if that's changing now. When I'm seeing rappers starting to wear the soccer jerseys, it's like, how is this not cool? Um, But the fashion's one thing. Having that fashion translate into playing the sport is another thing. So that's what I'm keeping an eye on with all this. When I see this Nigeria uniform get really big in hype beast culture and I'm assuming a lot of that has to be kids in the United States because hypebeast culture it's it's a global thing of course but you know like Supreme and all that came from the United States Off-White is made in Italy I think but you know it's the head of Off-White is Virgil Abloh and he's from Illinois um, I only mention those because those right now I think are the two biggest like hype beast streetwear brands. But I'm just wondering because right now, when it comes to the streetwear market, like there's been no real impact. Like it's its own contained environment, and it's streetwear is kind of penetrating into the high fashion world now, which is cool. But it's still all within the fashion bubble. And I'm wondering if there's going to be an actual change where streetwear fuels soccer's popularity in the United States. Um, that's something that I want to keep an eye on for like the next 10 years and see what happens. But I'm just seeing this small shift occur where soccer apparel is becoming the cool thing, um, which was never the case when I was growing up. But anyway, that's it. That's all I got today. Um, I wanted to keep this one short because I didn't really get to prepare even that much because the Anthony Bourdain thing, man, it was heavy for me this week, really. Uh, I saw this Nigeria soccer thing. I thought it was interesting. And it made me think about the relationship between hype beast culture, the sport itself, and then soccer and whether or not it'll become more popular due to the recent failure. Um, so I wanted to record this episode, but this one I knew it was going to be a short one. Um, hope you guys are having a great day. I hope you guys are enjoying these episodes i'm constantly thinking of what i can do to make these things better eventually i really do want to get guests here because i think podcasts work a lot better with more than one person um but it's just about setting it up getting the equipment and all that and i wanted to use these episodes as kind of a practice run for myself too to get a little better at doing this kind of thing because i'm not a naturally gifted podcaster man i'm really not i think very few people are Um, But I'm trying to improve, and I'm trying to build this thing up, and I'm trying to really kind of focus what my niche is. Um, I really like to think of it as the intersection between tech and culture, but I need the content and the narrative to kind of capture that. I'm just trying to improve, you know. So if you have any feedback or any suggestions, please let me know. You can email at 
notrocketscienceshow at gmail.com. Or the easier thing would just be DM me on Instagram. Uh, the Instagram username is nrs underscore show. Um, so yeah, hit me up in, in the DMs if you have any suggestions, any feedback. You want to say I fucking suck. Anything. Anything works. Um, but that's it. That's all I got today. I just wanted to talk about this World Cup thing because I found it interesting. And me and my coworker constantly go back and forth about how to improve U.S. soccer. And this is something that he would give zero shits about, but piqued my interest. And, of course, the Anthony Bourdain thing, rest in peace. Also, Kate Spade, rest in peace. I didn't really know much about her, but I know her name, I know her brand, and I know she was a beast in her fashion world, so rest in peace to her as well. Super sad week when it comes to celebrities. Um, and the Anthony Bourdain one's heavy. I mean, I've been texting with my mom about it. She said that no celebrity death has upset her um, as much since John Lennon. So gives kind of pers- some perspective on how much of a big deal Anthony Bourdain really was. So rest in peace to him. And uh, I'll see you guys next week. If you're into the World Cup, watch it. Enjoy it. I will be watching. I'll be probably rooting for Peru just because that's my coworker's home country. Um, but I'll also be on, you know, Nigeria too because I got the sickest jerseys. <laughs> anyway, that's it. I will see you guys next week. Hope you guys have a good one. Take it easy. Yeah.